Welcome to the Wildlands. I'm Matt. And I'm David. And today's episode is sponsored by West End Sports, New Brunswick's northeastern five-star Yamaha dealer, where you are sure to find something that will rev your heart. The topics of the day today will be the moon and how to plan around it, as well as antler hunting, the lost and found of the wild. And be sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode, as we'll give you the insight on our product of the day. So let's jump right into it. So let's talk about, let's, well, let's talk about, first off, we've got our first sponsor for this episode, and actually for Wildlands, the podcast, which I am super proud of and super happy with. I don't know about you, but it's, it's, it's a It's a good start thing. to season two. Absolutely. And you know what? With season two kicking off again, like we're going to, like we did before, we're going to extend that, uh, that warm welcome to anybody that wishes to uh, either be on the show or uh, as well as uh, help sponsor and help us maintain the, uh, the episodes coming and, and rolling out. And we'd like to thank also those that have reached out to us uh, for these upcoming episodes. It's just, it's an awesome thing and uh, we can see it growing. That's for sure. Definitely. And uh, so, yeah, like you said, let's jump right into the first uh, the first episode, which, uh, like you said, the moon and how you can plan around it. Now, when yeah. we're talking about this, I think you and I can both agree that the moon has an immense factor, influence, I should say, on everything that is fishing and hunting, does it not? Oh, definitely. I mean... You know, I learned this at a young age when my uh, when my father started teaching me all about this. So definitely has, I I've definitely started looking into it a lot more, and I've always you know from a young age wondered what those little moon uh, symbols were on the calendar. Oh yeah, very important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny because like I think every one of us, be it that you are a fisherman or not, I think we've all seen the calendars with the fish that's either. Fishing you know, a silhouette, full yep. fish, or like, you know, half fish, <laughs> a half one. And then you're like, oh, okay. So this is the moon cycle, but you never really thought of it as being the moon cycle. Just like exactly <laughs> tomorrow, it's a full fish means it's a good fishing day. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, no, for sure. And I mean, uh, it's also, I believe something that like a lot of people, they don't necessarily uh, they should look at it more, but they don't look at it enough. You know, there's a lot of no, for sure. things that go into this type of planning. Uh, uh, like in my perspective, it's mainly for fishing since I, I mean, let's say my demographic up till now has been mainly fishing, but I'm, I'm expanding to the hunting horizon. You know, like there, uh, I, and I wish I could remember, I actually have a pamphlet somewhere. And I mean, this thing is like, they go in scientifically. I wish I could find that book. Now, in the like, it was just so complex on figuring out, you know, like you had to look into your past years, how the moon cycle was yes. then, look into the yes. new year, the one that you're looking at now, and and, and then like calculate on your water drop, your water height. <laughs> oh, yep. oh, man. Like uh, uh, tides, everything like that. Like you just had to look at that, and then all because of a certain variation, there was a you would have a possibility of having a higher chance of being able to catch a fish that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, like, no, no, exactly. Man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I I'm looking at stuff online here while we're talking okay. about you know everything, 
And uh, I can see exactly what you said there past years, you know, and I used to do the same thing. Keep my, and I still do that actually is not necessarily looking at the moon, but looking at like, okay, this is when I caught more fish this year, last year. Yeah, we I keep a, a like a diary of it if you want. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of like generalize it's, it's basically, a period yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. I bet you if I'd cross-reference that with moon cycles, I'd learn a lot more. Oh, probably. But I think all of us I, I do I do just go by, you know, either what I see on the calendar or what I see on my uh, my GPS because I have the hunting and fishing times on there. Okay. And it shows me, you know, so I I go off of that all the time. Yeah. But uh you know, I'm sure I would learn a lot more if I put a lot more uh, effort into it. But you know, <laughs> no, and and like, it, like you said, for you know, we generalize ourselves on on past experiences or, or past months. Like a, a prime example of this, in in a way, uh, is when we go striped bass fishing. Like yep. we always say, okay, well, a time period is in August or a time period in July or so on and so forth. Like, you know, we know that, and, and you most of all know, you know, the better times of being able to do it. And, I, and I'm pretty sure if you were to look at those times in the past years, the type of moon cycle that we were having at that moment, and, and it's not yep. just moon cycle, it's also like people say like, okay, well, the moon cycle, and well, I don't go fishing at night. No, we're talking about yeah <laughs> not just and exactly you know, not I, just I have that good moment. information about this in a minute yeah exactly I, I, we're talking about know. like when the moon starts coming back and when the moon starts coming up and how close yeah. the moon is to the earth and and you know yeah. like all these variations it's i mean we know that you're not fishing at six and like four in the morning up until four in the morning but yeah <laughs> you know like we're talking about the effects that it has prior and after the day that you're going to be fishing exactly and and this is interesting enough to think that you know uh this whole theory behind uh the effects of this of the moon phase on pretty much you know every wildlife whether it be fish or, or animals um it was actually only really put into like a, a major part of hunting and fishing in 1926 really uh, yeah <laughs> where they actually a, thought about it like scientifically yeah, well where <laughs> well this this guy was actually an avid outdoorsman and keen fly fisherman and he he liked to uh he actually went back and looked into you know uh the natives that had created their own charts and not necessarily maybe knowing about the moon cycles but when he studied the the charts and the the folklore from these these tribes or whatnot uh yeah ended up associating it with the uh, solar lunar uh, cycles, which in fact became his theory on on uh, doing this, and it turned out to be his life's work uh, after this moment in 1926. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it puts a lot of things into retrospect. And, you know, you notice it, like... It, oh, the moon, the cycles, when we say cycles, especially for fly fishermen, uh, it, it's, it has a huge impact and a huge influence on the hatchings. Uh, yes. you, I mean, you can almost schedule the hatchings compared to the moon cycles that you have. Yeah. You can look at it. You're going to say, okay, well, there's going to be a full moon at a certain date. Then you know there's probably going to be a lot of hatchings just the evening and like before that full moon comes out. 
Because, I mean, it's it's not for nothing. When they can see better, you can see better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're feeding. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, you know, we talk about, a lot of people talk about, okay, full moon, uh, uh, you know, uh, new moon. But there's also a big part in this is that there's four lunar periods each day consisting of two major and two minor. Really? So, yeah, exactly. And the the major period lasts around two hours, and they begin when the moon is directly over our heads. Right? Okay. Or right below yeah. our feet, like oppo- opposing sides. Yeah. And then the periods, that period, the minor period lasts for about an hour while the moon rises and sets. Now, when you're talking about you the know, minor period, are you talking about, like, let's say, a moment where... I mean, you would have maybe a little bit less productivity on, on the goal that you're trying to get? It's exactly. It's the major and minor has the idea that the fish, um, we're talking about fish right now, okay? Yeah. The idea that the fish become more active at these four times of day. So they're more active at the major, the two majors, and huh. they're less active than the majors at the minors, but they're still more active at those minor moments than they are the rest of the time between the major and the moment in the minor. <laughs> really? So there's like, it's a good time, but it's like not as good as your best time. <laughs> exactly. But it's better than the average time. Yeah. All is right. what well, I'm trying I to say. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's not bad. And, and you know, like when it comes down to hunting and everything like that too, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. like I said earlier on, for me, I'm not... You know, my demographic does not expand as vastly into the hunting scene and and understanding the differences between the moon cycles and the, you know, what to look for in the hunting scene itself. Uh, And you can probably cover this one a lot better than I can uh, because you've been in it quite a lot longer than I have and you've been able to travel in a lot of different places. Uh, for that specific type of sport. Therefore, I imagine you've heard a lot of outfitters or a lot of guides or different things like that that have been able to tell you or, you know, kind of give their superstition on what they believe the moon cycles do for you. And and I'm going to give this one over, hand it over to you and see what you find with this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's probably, I know a lot more of the fishing one as for like the, the majors and minors, like I was just talking about. But what the moon has shown me in uh, in my hunting, uh, whether it be for whitetail, sick deer, moose, uh, in majority, uh, I've noticed that uh, if you're you're gonna get a lot more, and you mentioned it, a point for fishing just a minute ago as well, is you're gonna get a lot more activity overnight when your moon is full, and they can also see a lot better, yeah. which makes it not good for you. Yep. Because you don't want them to be active all night. And then when you're out there in your stand or you're blind, they're resting because they were active all night when they feel safer to be under the cover of darkness, but yeah, they exactly. can see what they're doing. Yeah. So ideally you do not want, you know, the full moon to be at the peak of the rut or the week you decide to take your vacation to... <laughs> Try to th- try to avoid the full moon. Yeah, in my opinion, that's that's how I go about it because I've say, seen to have more success yeah, if I you, can stay out of that. Yeah, would you say that you try to avoid it? Let's say try to avoid the following day, but you can hunt the 
pre like the previous day kind of thing? Like how well, how would you plan forget. it out? Would you say like okay, I'd go hunt and like let's say you plan it. You, unfortunately, you planned your week then. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the only week your boss could give you off. Yeah, that's the only week that your boss could give you, you pray off. For clouds. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, what would you say? Would you say like, you know, your chances are, like the day after, you might as well stay home, or would you say that like yeah, go out and like push it out as much as you can the day before and then the day after well obviously (laughs) i i I would say that your morning hunts during the full moon cycle are going to be less active uh because of your the fact that they were probably active all night uh but that comes into another sense that right smack dab in the rut i mean everything's unpredictable yeah. So I, I still hunt morning, even if it's full moon, I still do hunt mornings. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if, if I know the rut is on, like, I mean, you know, hardcore, uh, seeing a lot of action when I'm there, I, I'll stay in the stand for hours and hours. But, uh, definitely your, in my opinion, your morning hunts will possibly be a little more, uh, disappointing than your evening hunts. Okay. Uh, but I mean, any hunter knows that the pursuit is part of the game, which means watch oh, your yeah. moon cycles, get out there and, and hours in the stand cannot compare to, you know, saying, Oh, well, I'm not going out because the moon wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. It definitely doesn't help, but get out there and, and, and you know, give, yeah. it, give it your all. An hour in the stand with nothing is better. An hour in, is better than an hour in front of a work table. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Waiting for lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh no, definitely. And you know, like if I were to go look back on on different uh like you were saying fol- folklore, let's say. Yeah. Uh, I mean we've all well I I don't know about you, but like for me, I I remember every time like it's almost as disappointing in a day when I remember when I was younger and I would say like, okay, like I'm going out on, a, I'm going on an outing with my dad to go fishing or something like that. And and yep. like your dad would say like, <laughs> well, it was a full moon last night. Probably not going to catch anything. And you That's know, my it, dad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, I think that was, that was like a gut wrenching feeling. <laughs> yep. And it stuck with us. You know, and I think oh, it stuck oh, definitely. with them as much as it stuck with us. <laughs> yes, it's for so sure. impactful. <laughs> yes, it 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 makes you doubt yourself, and makes you think like, is it is all this worth it or whatnot? And like you just mentioned, an hour on the river, a day on the river, an hour in a stand, a day out hunting, scouting. Uh, you know, yeah, it can be difficult depending on your 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 hunting style and your fishing style and everything. Yeah. But like we say, plan around your moon cycles to know what's your best bet. Like I said, if if you decide to say, well, this morning I'm going to stay in from the morning hunt and go out, you know, maybe earlier than I would in the afternoon just to maybe catch a glimpse of something going on, then you get you know, your like I said, if your rut timing and everything, if you're going out fishing, you know, it might change up your, let's say as a fly fisherman, like we, we are a lot, it'll change up your fly selection. Are you going to go nymphing? Are you going to go, 
you know, uh, what's the hatch right now? How's it, how's it going? Uh, you know, was it, was it overcast last night? Was it full moon, clear sky? Yeah. What, you know, am I going to be going for shady spots during the day or am I not going to go in bright sunny spots in the day or what, yeah. you know, and, and it, you it know, changes up a lot. So, yeah. And you know, it's actually kind of funny because when you say you mentioned something and that clicked, that put a light bulb right away, a lot of people will say like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if it was the full moon last night or something like that because exactly that reason, it was overcast. But yeah, be it overcast or not, even if it doesn't light up as much as it did before. It the, still has the effect. Yeah, the the tidal waters, the, the, the magnetic pull that it has, all of that underwater is felt a lot more than over water. <laughs> exactly. So therefore it's probably happening regardless. Yeah, I mean it's gonna yep. it's gonna affect your 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 fit like it's gonna oh, affect definitely your affect success. It, yeah. 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 But I mean, again as for let's say if we talk about hunting with the full moon, if it was overcast, they the the pressures and the 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 you know, everything will be different. It'll probably be colder as well. I mean, full yep. moon usually brings on colder temperatures as well. Yep. That's something to consider in that as well. But uh, again, for hunting, if your whitetail that you're chasing, it's a full moon, but it's overcast and it's pitch dark, well, he may be a little less active during the night. So your your morning hunt might be excellent. You know, you yeah. crack it on. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. And, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, we, we talk about it and everything like that, and I'm, I'm actually almost asking myself, <laughs> you know, did I decide to go bear hunting last fall at a time that it was probably around that? <laughs> like, to did I decide that I was going when it was close to the full moon or anywhere near those times? And, and I'm actually tempted to look like, uh, I want to see <laughs> when you went and see what the moon cycle was. Yeah, definitely. Cause you did have action, but then you got a dry spell at one spot. Yeah. Point. We got, we got a dry spell twice. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, Hey, rain on the be. first shot and then dry spell yeah. on the second one. Hey, we were go. getting them on camera though. That's the thing. We were just getting them on camera, but way too late. Unfortunately. Yeah. We'll see. Too late. Might've been, might've been a full moon. But yep. Yeah. No, for sure. And, uh, so let's, uh, with that said, like we, we, we briefly went over it, but I think we pretty much went over everything required by it. Uh, how about we jump into uh, subject number two on this one? Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of, uh, I was anticipating this one. <laughs> Once we started <laughs> talking about it, I was like, I had a whole bunch of flashes of ideas, but that would be antler hunting, the lost and yeah. found of the wild. And you know, you brought it up as, first yeah. of all, you brought it up as shed hunting, which yep. it probably is the correct term to it. We just wanted to make sure that everybody understood that it was not a cabin that we were talking about that you put your hoe in. Side by side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Your garden shed. <laughs> yeah. Not that kind of shed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not your hideaway. But... Yep. Uh, <laughs> but... In fact, the the lost antlers of antlered animals. <laughs> yep, exactly. And we're not talking about a jackalope. 
<laughs> no, no, none of them. No. Um, and you know what? It's it's actually funny that you talk about it because there has been a boom in popularity for furniture in cottages or in, you know, I would say the, the millennial effect of getting things that they not necessarily do every single day and they probably never actually do go out in the woods, but they do want to buy things that have a rustic feel to it. So you would look at, I don't know, chandeliers, uh, uh, candle holders or, you know, like centerpieces to tables. <laughs> I said candle holders. I felt so old on that one. I'm like, wow. All right. <laughs> there is electricity in this world. <laughs> when it comes down to antler hunting, uh, especially now more than ever, I find that like the millennial age of things really yeah. are looking for rustic style, you know, furniture of something that they probably never actually do go out in the woods for. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 you see it everywhere. I mean, I've seen, I've seen antler lamps and antler, all kinds of stuff at like small modern day furniture stores that I'm like, you know, you're used to seeing at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and <laughs> not only do they, the like like you said, Bass Pro Shop or at, at Cabela's, you have like these like fake knockoff versions of it. Like I was gonna say, ceramic. Most or... of them, exactly. <laughs> most of them are not like you see in those are are replicas. Yeah, but uh, then like you we have made a, we made a we made a chandelier. Uh, well, you saw it at the at my father's lodge, the uh, the moose antler shed chandelier. Yeah, we made that ourselves. That was that's pretty cool. Yeah, and. Were those, like, all the moose antlers that you have up there, are those sheds or are they actually, yep. yeah, they were all sheds that you guys Shed. had found? Yep, all wow. sheds we found, yep. Okay, that's a lot. I have that's yet to find any. <laughs> really? I Like, me, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Every single time that I go out, I'm always hoping that I do find something like that because, I mean, it, it, it does add to a pretty awesome piece, but never have I ever found anything. And you know, like the unfortunate thing of it is, is that as much as I want to be able to find sheds and as much as I would want to be able to find a full piece, like I know it would be unfortunate to find a skull with antlers still attached to it, but man, would it be awesome yeah. if I could. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Like, but, uh, you want like, to center mount that even if it's just a skull yeah. you bleach it and you center mount it on something like super western it would look awesome <laughs> it would and like for myself i haven't found an intact one in a long time uh i found a lot like either uh chewed up by you, I, you find a lot of them chewed up by porcupine or or i don't know what else would chew them up but i, I have found i've actually seen porcupine gnawing on them like antlers uh, themselves or? yeah oh, yeah okay Weird. Yeah, probably getting, I don't know if they're getting calcium out of it or something, maybe. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Eh? Probably, that's that. what I'm thinking, but I found some that were not on. Uh, I've actually found a, well, my neighbor's son found a whitetail uh, shed right in his backyard, right in the middle of the lawn. Really? About, I'd say, yeah, about, I'm going to guess, three, four years ago, that's the last intact one that I found. Huh. Well, okay. that he found and he showed me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, before, I mean, we used to find tons of them uh, hmm. out in choppings. I remember most of the times we were we were finding them actually when we were going out 
picking up firewood in in uh, we'd get permits to go pick up firewood in uh in like choppings that were were cut the year before they gave permits out to go pick them up yeah like the the year after and while we were picking up wood in there i mean the moose and everything were were in the chopping during the winter months when they lose their their antlers and uh, we'd stumble up across uh tons of them yeah oh no like again i haven't I have yet to find any. I'd really like to find some. That's for sure. We'll, we'll try this spring. We'll try even more. Done deal. Now that I know you want to look some, look for some. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I like, and, and again, I think it's just the, the sheer fact that like, since I've never actually found any, mm-hmm. makes me want to find some even more. Even more? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll be excited <laughs> the first time you find one, I guarantee. <laughs> as long I as guarantee. it's, yeah, as long as it's not all weird looking there yeah got, got something weird on the end of it <laughs> but i'll tell you what what i find like we were lucky enough to find some for moose and i mean we don't have the amount of white-tailed deer uh in our region to to do like a lot of people are doing uh in the states and in western canada is you yeah. know they get a chance to, to spot this buck and then they age it and they follow it till it's mature and they like it gets to a like a, an obsession to find their sheds every year. So when they finally get to harvest the deer uh, later on, they get to have like okay, this was this year the three years ago sheds. Yeah, they two get years the progression. Ago. Yeah, yeah, they get the progression. And I mean, I find that super cool. I would love to be able to do that. And I mean, it would be extremely hard to do for moose, and it would be extremely hard to do for whitetail around here as well. Yeah. Uh, since you know the territory is vast, their traveling is vast, and the the sheer amount of moose is is incredible. You would have no way of yeah, of you following never, the exact moose. Exactly, you never really like you never see the same moose twice. Well, not like, sometimes often, you can, I mean, not often, but I mean like yeah. down here, it's it's rare that you're going to see the same moose twice. Exactly, it's not like uh, our buddy. I got buddies in in Illinois that are you know they have their own their private land uh they have their food plots they have their cameras out and they have these same bucks on there for two or three years and they get to see the progression of them and he knows like you know these guys are are naming their their bucks on their on their land and they know exactly (laughs) what (laughs) no that's what i'm saying but it would be awesome to be able to to get those sheds and finally have the satisfaction of harvesting this deer, uh, you know, a few years down the road and say, I've been following this one. This wasn't like, it's, it's, it just adds that much satisfaction to the already, the fact that you're providing, you know, good wild game meat for your family and, and the, the thrill of the hunt and the everything. It, it's a combination of everything, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, like, something that you mentioned uh, out earlier on and, and you know like you guys have done like your father and you have done uh in the cottage by your place is like create furniture with what you have yep now like i know that there's also something that you sent me not long ago that people have been doing uh-huh. as well which is not just furniture but also carvings or artwork that they've been yes. creating with antlers and i mean there is there are some pretty nifty looking pieces out there like carvings of, of things that even I would have never even imagined would have been cool looking on it. Like one of them being the bass right the in the, bass on the, yeah, yeah. On the moose handlers, it's, which I found was yeah. actually really cool looking. 
And that uh, young man is uh, his name for anybody that wants to look him up on uh, on Facebook is Samuel Cote Antler Carvings. Uh young fella from in Quebec. I'm I'm not exactly sure where he is in Quebec, but uh again, I'll mention it. Uh don't know don't know this guy. Follow him on Facebook. Uh makes a lot of good antler art. carvings. Yeah. Makes uh, a lot of good artwork. A lot of good artwork and I mean people are paying big bucks for his his artwork. Hmm. Uh, people are bringing him shed antlers. He's got people hunting for sheds that are bringing them to him to supply the demand that he has for his carvings. He's yep. got a bunch of cool videos showing how he does it. Uh, it I mean, definitely check him out. It's it's pretty cool to see. And uh, if you're listening out there, Samuel, or if ever this comes to your uh, to your attention, to your you know, ears. <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, I wouldn't like something. <laughs> <laughs> we we would we wouldn't say no. <laughs> exactly. No, definitely for sure. And uh, no, it, like there's that. Uh, I've heard of a bunch of stuff, and even back in the day, I guess for folklore again, back to the the word that I have a hard time saying. Like there were, there were things that they would use, like you could actually use it for knife making handles for knife making. Uh, people used them actually for knives that you can apparently carve an antler sharp enough. Well, sharpen a antler to the point where it could cut. Yes, definitely. There you go. I said it properly. (laughs) And not just that, but like I said, tools, furniture wise. Uh, yep. knife making uh, there was a bunch of stuff that you could use antlers the sheds of antler uh, of animals I have for a, I have an old knife that my great grandfather uh, he didn't make the knife blade he had the knife blade but he he uh, removed the handle that was on it and he put a deer antler uh, on there that he gave to my grandfather uh, which now is I was actually in the uh, in the garage at my grandmother's the other day and I saw that very knife on the window on the edge of the window oh, yeah. uh, in there and I I got to ask her to see if I can if I can get the, my hands on that one that'd be something that's like that's yeah. a pretty cool piece yeah I'll show you yeah and uh, no definitely and like I I'm not sure I'm like I'm I'm, I'm just putting this out there but I'm wondering if there was nothing that was used medicinal. Oh, with I, I believe I believe so. Uh, I, for some reason, I had that. I had like I, that, I've never uh, actually like there. Yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure I've already heard about something of that sort where they would powder yes. it out and then add yeah. it to like soup or different things like that because they had a firm belief that there were some medicinal benefits yep to antlers <laughs> i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure i've heard about it <laughs> exactly and i mean this does go back to you know prehistoric times with the fascination of finding these antlers and be able to to do things with them but i mean now it's it's at the point that uh it's it's one of the fastest growing you know like wintertime hunter oriented sports if you want yeah, because a, a it's winter it's pastime. Hunter, it's the hunter's downtime, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's excited to be able to find what's going on. Uh, I mean, there there's guys out there making antler traps. 
you know, they're yeah, setting up... Yeah, you mentioned that earlier on. They're setting up wires of some kind at specific heights that will not harm the, the deer. But let's mm-hmm. say the buck's walking by and they funnel them into this one place where the deer are, are known as a travel corridor are going to pass. And it kind of funnels them in, you know, they make uh, they make like little uh, fences with little branches or whatever that, that mm-hmm. pushes the deer into this specific area. And then at a certain time of the year when they know the antlers are ready to, uh, to fall off, they'll put this wire or rope around. And uh, when the buck comes in, hopefully he's got his head up and the antlers hit on it and they fall off. So he, he knows that he doesn't have to be looking everywhere. He'll concentrate his stuff. Yeah, he'll concentrate I mean, his stuff all in the same region there. Exactly. And I mean, some guys are now even training dogs to shed hunt. I mean, that's that <laughs> well, that they, is now a thing. It's it's crazy. You they know? use it for truffles, so I guess they could use it for yeah. Sheds. I suppose. I don't know. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose. But there are even some uh, some outfitters out there that are offering shed hunting like packages. You can actually go out there for a day in a shed rich area of certain counties and certain states and certain provinces and actually go out and, and like literally comb the entire area, forest, fields, <laughs> food plots, whatever to, to find they're, they're making a, uh, not a living, but some extra cash by, by bringing people out shed hunting. Yeah. It's they're an making an thing. extra revenue on this. <laughs> yeah. You know, wow. it's, it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. No, that's actually something that's. Who would have thought? Who would, yeah. Who would have thought, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, with that said, how about we uh, we jump into the product of the day? Yes, and I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have this one here because you're the one who owns one, not me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, I do a lot of hunting out of uh, out of tree stands uh, mostly, but I do enjoy uh, hunting out of a ground blind. I mean, it brings you really down, you know close to the action uh changes up the whole view on the landscape where you're you know you're at eye level you're no longer like this bird's eye view so today's product will be a ground blind from baronet blinds uh i personally have this one it is the grounder 250 i have it in blood trail snow camel that is their uh, their custom camel design um it's uh, it's a four-sided pop-up blind, uh, big enough. Well, you were actually hunting coyote with me in it, uh, what, two years ago now? Yeah, that would be about two, about two maybe years a, little bit, a little bit more than that. Probably about three anyway, years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pop-up blind. I have it in snow camo, especially uh, for coyote hunting. That's the whole, mostly, I do have uh, one in, in uh, like, regular fall camel but i i don't necessarily use it as much as this one okay uh you know it's ideal for for being able to get in there quick it's lightweight it comes in a bag that the bag that it packs into uh is a backpack you can throw it on your shoulders walk into wherever you're going um i'm looking for the size there you go no i don't have the size but it's it's roomy enough we were three in there uh, when we had went out, I believe. Uh, um, we were two. Were we, we were two when I had the other blind set up next to it. Yeah, that's that's yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. So, but 
in there, uh, I have, you know, two seats, all my gear. I have my uh, rifle rest for coyote hunting. Uh, a little heater in there. We're very comfortable. Uh, it has mesh windows that you open up that are also camouflages. They're shoot-through mesh. I do not do that. Uh, <laughs> do they not, say it is. Do not yeah, recommend is, that? <laughs> I, well, they say it is. I've never done it. I'm probably too scared to try it, but anyway. <laughs> but they do have uh, shoot-through mesh. Definitely check them out. They're very quick to put up. I mean, if anybody's ever put up a pop-up blind, they're pretty much, you know, straightforward. Five pops, you're up. Five pops, you're down. Uh, yeah. Very good. Again, uh, Baronet blinds. The Grounder 250, uh, proven by myself that it works very well. Uh, and they make many more models, but this one here is uh, a definite go-to for me, and I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able and to... That's, uh, oh, I just got a price here right on their website. I'm sorry about that. We're running at $139 US. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. So you're looking at about, well, oh, like, what, 160-something, 170-something for a Canadian. Yep. And I have here the height... 67 inches so i mean you can't really stand up in it if you're you're over five foot seven yeah <laughs> uh you're shooting with which would make uh you know mid-level where your pop-ups come out yeah is 75 by 75 okay but the footprint on the ground is 59 by 59 so if you're making yourself a platform to put this on because mm-hmm. uh, some guys you know throw a platform and then throw their blind on it so at least they have they don't have the cold from the ground coming up which yeah. is actually not a bad idea. If you do that, make sure you put carpet on your platform to stop the noise. Yeah, true. Um, but, it, <laughs> but it's a 59 by 59 inch uh, footprint, and it only weighs 16 pounds. That's what I was saying. It's very, very easy to carry. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the lightest ones that I've ever used, so uh, definitely a good, uh, good, good buy. No, definitely, and and I'm hoping that we'll be able to use one for the uh, our food plot that we wanted to set up for uh, for it's, deer next exactly. season. Exactly. Yep. Hopefully, we'll be able yep. to put it to it's put it to use. Uh, be there. Put one of them to use there. And that's gonna be fun. Yeah, not the win- <laughs> not the winter camel one. I hope we're not gonna be hunting in the snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely. So with that said. Uh, once again, we'd like, uh, we're going to be signing out, but once again, I'd like to thank also uh, our sponsor for this episode. So that's West End Sports uh, in Northeast New Brunswick. And, uh, you know, I'm just super happy that uh, that we were able to, to get some, you know, something uh, for the show and the shows and episodes to come as well. Uh, so with that, I'd like to sign out. Wish you guys all a great day and uh, a great listen as well and hope you stick stuck with us all the way to the end. So have a good one. Thanks. Have a great one, guys. Oh, yeah.